everyone, Dave and Jeff watching a little Sunday Night Football. It's no matter what we do when we watch on this TV, the team I'm rooting for, you're rooting for, yeah. is losing yeah, every they, fucking they, time. Every time. <laughs> I will say the L.A. Coliseum yeah. looks pretty good. It does. Looks good tonight. Do you have a TV like me where you go, that TV's bad luck, like you watch on a certain, like Dave, a, I'm super, super superstitious. It's very funny. It's not the TV. It's me. It happened today. I was running errands. I came back. The Vikes were up 14 to nothing. Yeah. I watched. They went up 21 to nothing. Next thing you know, the Dolphins, while I'm watching, score 17 <laughs> unanswered points. The Vikes look like shit. I turned the TV off. Yeah. And the Vikes crushed the Dolphins and Chris Ello's dreams. Uh, 41-17. Yeah. It absolutely was me. That See? happened. Yeah. I love it about sports like that. But honest to God, man, every time I've watched on the TV that you and I are on right now, the team I'm rooting for, honestly, the team that I want to win never wins on this television. I literally oh, yeah. watched the World Series right here on this fucking TV. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Completely. Nothing wrong me. with that. Nothing wrong with that. Your shitty Padre takes. Good. Oh, my, my shitty Padre takes. You want to defend the Padres? I'll say this. Yes. Our friend Jay Paris had a uh, yearly holiday party. It Jay's happened a great guy. Friday night. I highly recommend Jay's book about Shohei Otani. If you have any kids in your life, great story. And uh, hopefully they take a few things out of it about respect and sportsmanship. But Jay has a holiday party every year in Encinitas. And I'm invited every year because I'm fucking cool. Yeah. And I was able to go this year. Now, by the time I got there, um, because I had a previous commitment, but when I got there at 7.15, I'd heard that Dave Roberts had already been there. Otani, did he leave or was he still there? Shohei was out. Damn it. Bud Black had already been there and left. Okay. Um, handful of scouts were there. Coach was there. Bernie Wilson was there. And you know who was there hanging out? Fucking A.J. Preller. Really? A.J. Preller hung out. A.J. had been there when I got there. Yeah. And he was still there when I left. And just hanging out. Scotty Miller um, was there. And what a great group of people. What a great group of baseball I can't believe people. you and Coach Quintero hung out twice in the last week. He's the greatest. <laughs> oh, you know who else showed up? Who? Uh, Scott Kaplan was yeah. there. We had a great time. And uh, and if I'm forgetting anybody, uh, it's completely unintentional. But, Dave, I just think Preller coming up and hanging out, and uh, I don't really see him drinking. I don't, yeah. He doesn't strike me as a drinker. But just hanging out, bullshitting with media and fans and whoever wanted to talk to him, he was talking to everybody and laughing and having a great time. I like that. I think that's cool. I like that a lot. That is cool that he would do that. How many times does this guy leave his office and people, just nobody, is approach him on what he should do for his job? Well, you know, the thing was, and it, look, it's not me to say it. A.J. Casavell's there. Miller's there. Now, look, those guys deal with him on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't. And who knows what the fuck the conversation was. I don't yeah. know that either. All I know is that when you and I found ourselves in those situations with Bochy or Towers... The topic was anything but baseball. It could be movies. It could be the NFL. Yep. It could be NBA, NHL. We just tried to leave him the fuck alone. And I don't know. I, I don't know Castavell at all, but I've known Scott Miller for 20 years. It's fucking great. But I hope those guys weren't just driving him crazy. But again, I don't know Preller well enough either to tell you 
Hey, let him up for air. I didn't bug so, Preller at all. No, I look at it a couple different ways, though. I mean, there aren't too many people who have jobs that when you finally leave the office for the day, you have people hammering you on what you should be doing yeah. on your everyday work no at the job. And where you're uh, like, dude, I don't want to think about work right now. Yeah. But yet everywhere he goes, people are going to tell him this is what you should do. At the same time, if I was him, I'd probably look at it as it is great that people care enough to say I have a suggestion what you should do. And obviously, he's blowing every one of you motherfuckers off. He doesn't give a shit what you think no. you should do. No. He doesn't care. He, all he cares about is what Ron Fowler thinks you should do. And he's going to leave yeah. it at that. Otherwise, you guys can keep talking, and he tunes you out. How does that make you feel, assholes? Not Miserable good. Padre fan? <laughs> you dick. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, it was great. That is cool. I mean, that is nice that he was, he'd go out. Because it's not easy. you got to think. Saying, my team's a last-place team, and I'm going to go out, and possibly this might not be a fun evening. Yeah. Um, I didn't hang out long because the next day – my son, Cade, at age 11, ran a half marathon. That is crazy. And I told him tonight in the car, I said, I was a fucking wreck waiting for you at the finish line. Now, here's the funny is thing. Is that where you were at? or were you? Any, did he move as the race moved? Were you able to like jump ahead and check on him? No, and I felt kind of bad, and I apologized to his mom because his mom had run. This was the fifth straight year that his mom had run it. Half marathon? Half the same one. Does she ever run the, the full marathon? No. Just half-asses it all the time? Half-asses it for 13 and a half miles, lazy. Um, <laughs> I told her, I said, you know, I feel kind of bummed that I didn't make more of an effort to be here. Because, Dave, I will say uh, my son Cade and his mom ran it. My son Jack. That's incredible. How many other kids his age ran that thing? I saw probably in the 45 minutes I was there, I probably saw four or five. Young okay. kids. That is running. impressive to me. Dave, what what I said to Cade tonight was, what I loved was, uh, my brother-in-law, who'd fought the flu all week, ran it. He looked terrible at the end, but he finished it because he's a fucking champ. Um, I didn't know any of the people, but when you're when you're sitting there at the finish line and there's a guy on the microphone firing you up. Yeah. Hey, here comes Dave Pallet. Go get it, Dave. You got it. You know, finish strong. It Did was your really kid cool. flick him off? Give the finger? <laughs> no. Fuck off. You run it. <laughs> but the guy, he only yelled like one out of 25 names. Okay. And he yelled Cade's that name That is out. cool. It, it, Did he get it? Did he record it? Or you didn't no. know? Okay. I didn't know he was going to do it. And he goes, hey, here Jesus, comes. you're just full of apologies. He goes. How many uh, things he gonna, how many times he going to drop the ball? Yeah. He goes, here comes Cade Dotseth, 11 years old, running the half marathon. That is cool. And I said to him, that was great. He goes, I didn't like that at all. Is that what he said? I go, shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> shut up, you dick. But I said to him, I you go. You tell him you're going to run home? With that attitude, <laughs> yeah. you can run home. I, I go, like he goes, man, that was crazy. I go, you know how I know it was crazy? It's the quietest you've been in four goddamn years. They haven't said shit. Because he needs hip replacement surgery yeah. right now. No yes. shit. Plantar fasciitis. Bones the whole spurts. thing. Bone spurs, he's done. We'll be in therapy because he had chin splints the last seven miles. Done. But uh, I said to him, I go, I was so goddamn nervous waiting for you. He goes, why were you nervous? And I said, because I knew you wanted it. I knew you wanted it. You'd run seven and eight miles. That's crazy to me. You'd never done 13. I said, when you run eight, remember, on top of that eight, you had to run another 50%. And then you had to run another 25% of that. That's a goddamn long thing. You're yeah, 11. He ran it in 238. I had it on social media at 245. 
His mom told me, he goes, no, we were in the second corral. He ran it in 238, wow. 13 miles. It was fucking great, man. That is incredible. Did he run the whole thing? Or did he say he walked it all? It's funny. Say- I asked him today. I go, yeah. I go, look, it doesn't diminish what yeah. you no, did. No, not at all. He said right out of the start, they started in Rancho Bernardo, and he said there was a huge hill coming up right. And his mom, who had run it five times, said, look, we're going to walk this hill. Otherwise, we're going to be fried the rest of the way. And he said we, he goes, we kind of walked that hill. And he said, and then we just kind of walked and caught our breath at like the six-mile mark and like yeah. the eight-mile mark. Okay. Because otherwise, we, we ran it. That is incredible. And I, I, no joke. What is the furthest you've ever run? Well, that's funny you bring that okay. up. Yeah, I'll let you finish your story about him. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what's the furthest I've ever run? I know my answer. I think uh, when we did football training, um, we used to do like three-mile runs. Wow. And it was crazy. Yeah. So he said, he goes, do you think you could get healthy enough to do it next year? I go, fuck, let's, let's try. Because uh, Cap said it to me the other night. He goes, dude, fucking make that How happen. How are you going to do, do it with your knee? Um, you aren't going to do it. Just go in the gym. And There's, just slowly, you got uh, one year. Okay, I have a friend of mine who's doing the same thing. Who but told, I'm literally bone on bone. Dude, That's know, my problem. Yeah, and, and I'm not making excuses for you. If anyone's going, what the hell, I'm telling you right now, Jeff walks with a limp all the time. Yeah. You literally will not make it because your body's not going to let you make it. But but I Cap said to me the other night, he goes, dude, fucking do that with your kid. I thought it was great. Then I go, you know what? I'll Yeah, let's see. So I said to my son, I go, fuck, let's have some fun. We'll figure it out. Wow. Okay, now here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now because I have a friend of mine who plans on doing this and mm-hmm. said, here, this is what she said. There's an app on your phone that will get you ready to go for this half marathon. No shit. And it starts off by walking. Yeah, nice. Okay. So it starts off by walking, and then it tells you it's not going to kill you. It will show you exactly how to build up to do it. Now, look, I've never been a runner. When I ask you how far you've run, I can tell you right now, I, everyone's going to laugh if we listen to this. Yeah. I've run a mile and a half twice in my life. <laughs> yeah, okay? right? And I fucking hated every minute of it. I, yeah. hate, I hate running. I really do. I'll run to the mailbox just to get the dog fired up and then run back and then go, what the fuck? I yeah. think I need my inhaler. Yeah. I, I hate running. I ran once. I ran in school in sixth grade because if you ran like 40 miles total, like you'd run every day, mm-hmm. you, every, you got a free pair of Nikes. Oh, wow. So I ran for the shoes. Okay. Then I ran again. Um I was going to join the police academy in 2006, and I had okay. to do a physical fitness training, and I ran yeah. that. And I, you have to run a mile and a half in less than 11 minutes. It was, that was no problem. Right. I made you it through. That. Yeah. But again, I'm a severe asthmatic. So even right. <clears throat> here's the way I run. Whatever I start out at, that's what I'm going to finish at. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to speed up. So everyone yeah. says, do you have a kick? I don't have a kick. What, I can't breathe. So I'm going to sit yeah. there, and whatever I start out with is, is, is it. And when I used to have to run the mile in football, I was always pretty fast. Yeah, because it, I was competitive, but I would die, dude. I hate. I really. I can't tell you how much I hate running. Uh, the only reason, Dave, is I said to him tonight. I go, you know, Kate. I said, I got such a kick out of watching these people finish. Yeah, that were from all walks of life, and my son Jack and I were having the best time, just cheering people on. Yeah, um, you saw men and women, all different ages, plenty older than me. Um, different body types, the whole thing. But he's my best friend. Yeah, like I've always said, Cade's my best friend. And Cap hit it on the head. The and I'd already thought about it, but yeah, you get those opportunities. You go fuck it. And it's one of those things, Dave. To me, uh, what I said to him is along the same lines of the Stones and McCartney. Uh, to me, I look at it as a goal as something that would absolutely be a huge part of making twenty nineteen be cool. better than twenty eighteen. Yeah. No, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying for a guy watching you limp around for a number of years, Yeah, I don't know how you're going to do it. 
I don't know. It's going to be me and uh, fucking Alicia Summers yeah. who was out there running. <laughs> God dang. Well, that, that's your trick right here. Yeah, you just chase her up yeah, the hill. Yeah, you just follow her. And, and isn't her husband you know, a cop who fucking tases? He runs too, I think. Yeah, yeah, he ran it with her. That's what you but, do. You run behind her. Next thing you know, 13 miles, you God, don't even know what happened. You feel good. Yeah, you get behind a hot chick. Let's go get a fresca. But goddamn, man, he got <laughs> he got a great medal. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, his Dude, you know, was I was watching him at the end. I, I looked through all your pictures. All right, mm-hmm. and I, again, I just see the the pictures of him on the curb. That's what I'm t- about to mention to you. He looked like either he was either exhausted or sad. That's why I said, "Is he okay?" <laughs> yeah, he, uh, his mom took those pictures. Yeah, they're waiting for the shuttle. Yeah, and the funny thing with her too. This was what was really funny is the four of us went to lunch at Mongolian Grill. Now I think yeah. I've had a free plug for this place. Yeah, you do. So fucking fun up in uh, Rancho Bernardo. And Dave, you just get a bowl. We always go chicken. I always do the same thing. Chicken, carrots, spinach, water chestnuts, noodles, and then it's teriyaki soy and the fucking dragon oil. I love that dragon <laughs> oil. And uh, we go up there and you yeah. know, we, we love it. The four of us love it. But Jack and I had like which you would assume is like a normal lunch for a kid 11. Okay. And I had what you would go like, yeah, not that big, just like a normal lunch. Oh, my God, so good. Holy fuck, these two, my my ex-wife and my son, they de- they demolished it. It was great. Yeah. They just both ran 13 miles. They were they were like, we are dying. Let's go. And so... Uh, yeah, we had a great time. Now, now at the same time, would Jack do it? Would Jack, if you say to him, "Hey, look, I'm going to train for this," will he do it with you? I said, "Yeah, he's not going to do shit. <laughs> he's the only smart one of the family. <laughs> he's the only." He's read smart all the articles that say everyone who's ever run their entire life because I wish I never did because of my knees and my hips. Yeah, and, well, yeah. and that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, you're fuck. killing yourself running on this cement. Yeah, yeah fuck that. I, nothing else. We'll go fucking rent Prefontaine. Yeah, exactly. We'll watch that together. <laughs> Jared Leto, call it even. That's, I'll turn the fan on. That's it. Go watch me Fontaine and Chariots of Fire. Call it a night. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, good Fuck for you. Fucking eat some of that gel shit yeah. in the tube. Like I said, we'll turn the fan on. It'll be in our face. <laughs> oh, good. Here's but the, no, he here's wants the funny to do thing. it. So when, I, I said we'll go for it. When I trained to do the do the do just the police academy deal, I ran on a, a treadmill. Yeah. Much easier running on a treadmill than running on the street. You yeah. know, it just it gives you that give back that makes it easier. You don't realize it going, hey, I'm doing pretty good. Then when you have to run on the street, you're like, holy fuck, this is twice as hard. But at least on the street, the, the scenery is changing. Yeah, that's On the true. treadmill, you're like, fuck, I'm not getting anywhere. No, you're going nowhere fast. Yeah, but uh, but that was really that cool. That is cool, dude. That, honestly, man, that was really cool. Again, I, I looked through every picture because I knew I couldn't do it. You know well, what I'm saying? I said, poor Costa. Costa, I said... I said my son ran it in 245, and he wrote, my son wrote it in 244, which fucking struck me so funny, right? Yes. And all these people are like, you're a dick, fuck yeah. you. Like, shut up. They were right. They were. <laughs> so what I said to Mike, which Mike completely fucking missed, yeah. is talking about his son. And Mike's wife's maiden name is Cassidy. Yeah. So I replied to Mike, he has that Cassidy championship spirit. K 
can't bowl worth the shit, but the kid <laughs> runs like a gazelle. And Mike replied, give that kid a championship kiss on the head. And I go, are you talking? I was saying, my kid or your kid? I'm yeah. talking about Toph. He clearly missed the fucking did, joke. You know what's so funny is when we did the bowling thing, by the way, we kicked their ass. And because we, Mike traded Ryan Lindley straight up for Toph. Yes. Now, Toph didn't have anything to no, do with it. But, but Toph couldn't bowl worth the shit. Nicest <laughs> kid on the planet. Neither could we. But no. fucking Ryan Lindley can bowl his ass off, Costa. <laughs> Hartman was it. pissed. That's the best part about it. Is that Hartman is super fucking competitive, which we didn't know until that night. Yeah. When he walked out and then wouldn't even talk about him. it. And he had to be thinking the whole time, Mike's my partner, but I'm so fucking pissed at he his was. kid. His kid fucking ruined my team. Well, and remember, me and Dave can't bowl worth this shit either. But we had uh, Pete and Point Loma. We had the kid from Denver. Yeah, that's we right. Had, the kid from Denver was great. We right, yes. Fucking hit the hit the strike, and uh, and turned and walked back halfway down with yeah. his arms up. Knew yeah. it was going to be a strike. Yeah, he was Bill Murray and Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. Pete and Point Loma was fucking great. The two brothers, uh, funny how? Yeah. Where are those guys on social media? Yeah. What happened what to those, those guys? Assholes? Not so funny. And. Uh, but Ryan Lindley. Yeah, Ryan Lindley was great. And Costa had no time for it. Costa literally stood behind Ryan's head as he was coming to our team. He fucking sucks. He sucks. He did. He mouthed. He sucks. It's the greatest trade ever. What? It's the greatest <laughs> trade ever. It was better than the Bagwell Larry Anderson oh trade. Oh, my God. Better than, uh, yeah, Denny <laughs> Alexander from Smoltz. That's true. We fucked that team. <laughs> Suck it, Hartman. <laughs> J-Bowl 15. Uh, so, yeah, that was it. And... And so, two different things. Does does anything you do, forget about anything that you've accomplished career-wise. Yeah. Which, as I said to who I'll tell you in a second, is apparently very easy to do. But is there anybody you know or we know that impresses your family more than anything you've done impresses your family? Oh, that's funny you say that. Like, who do I run into that? Well, I, I'll give you two examples ahead, and yeah, then can, tell me. Throw me a couple. So when we were at the lunch yesterday, yeah, I mentioned the fact that Nichelle Medina has stepped down from Channel yeah. 8. Yeah. Now, you and I were there at KFMB when Nichelle was there. Incredibly nice. Yep. And so the conversation came up. Well, now what happens? And I said, well, I guess they're going to move Heather Myers would be That's Heather, what I thought. Yeah. Heather used to do news. Great. And uh, my ex-wife said, you know, her dresses are fantastic. She goes, she really, her wardrobe is great. And she said, for me, in court all the time, she goes, man, I'd love to figure out how she does that or where she goes. I go, well, I'll just send her a message. What? Yeah. I go, I fucking worked with her at KFMB. I was just with her at the Wall Chip barbecue thing. Wait, you know her? <laughs> I go, yeah. So I send Heather a message. Yeah. And I go, apparently anything Dave and I did didn't matter. But the idea that I know you. Yes. So do you have anything? And I won't share it, but she was nice enough to write right back and said, oh, yeah, here, here, here. That was that, cool. She told her. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Heather was great. That's cool. And that was awesome. And then tonight. What did your wife say? 
Did she say, oh, she I, I know the great. stores I'm going? That's yeah. where I'm going? That's cool. Yeah. Here's the funny thing about women in clothes to me. Women completely dress for each other, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell. The most attractive women could wear the same thing every day. I wouldn't even notice. But I never let a woman cut another woman's hair because <laughs> it's all a competition. I always say. Yes. Women cutting women's hair will fuck you yeah. over. Yeah. Because women love when other women cut their hair short. Because they always drop the cute guys line. Hate it's it. so cute. Oh, guys hate it, and girl, women not, are so dumb. Yeah. They always drop this line. It's so cute. It's yeah. not hot. Yeah, GI Jane's not hot. Exactly. Jesus, stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Stop taking the bait. <laughs> Have a straight guy cut your hair. Yeah, you're right. Because everybody else's competition. Hundred percent right. Please. I, please. Now it's funny. My wife is not a starstruck person. You know, so there might be someone that you admire that you go, okay. I can name someone, but you wouldn't know who I'm talking about. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give an example of a guy I'm going to see next week. You and I were just talking about it before we started the show. Mm-hmm. Eric Weddle's as good of a guy as you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see Weddle when, next Saturday when I go up to do the Charger Ravens game. Now, normally, whoever wins, that's the locker room they send me to. But I will go out of my way if the Chargers win to go back into the Ravens to find, find Weddle. My wife and I watched Equalizer 2 last night with Denzel Washington. Okay. Funny story. I've told you this a few times before. But oh, yeah. Denzel Washington and I became friends when I covered the Lakers. And, it, and I'm not dropping names, but every single day we would see each other at Laker games and he would just talk to me. For some reason, him and I would just hit it off. We would talk. To the point when he wasn't there, his wife and kids, which is funny because we watch ballers, always go out of their yeah. way to give me a hug like I was family. They treated me great. Do you think they thought you were like a make-a-wish kid? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Because I was wearing a size 8 New Era hat my ears were inside of it. You fucking asshole. Looked like I was going to the front of the line at Disneyland. You're a jerk, dude. What's wrong with you? Me? Go ahead. No, I was not a make-a-wish kid. No, I don't know. For some reason, they knew that their dad liked me. We always talked college basketball or stupid shit like that, and, yeah. and then all of a sudden we hit it off. But it was one where my wife would say, why are you so late or when are you coming home? And I would say, I'm literally talking to Denzel Washington. I don't care who you're talking to. Right. I, to me, I thought it was cool as hell. This is yeah. mid- How old were your kids mid- at the time? My kids were, Jake wasn't even born, so Josh was probably two, three years old. I mean, this is mid-90s. Yeah, we don't need you. And so, and I'm sure if I ran into Denzel today, you wouldn't remember me. No, but, Mark but at Steinis, the same time, get yeah. your ass home. These kids are little. I need a break. <laughs> so that was, that was cool. I was sitting there watching him to go, hey, at a time, I got along great with this guy, and we, yeah. we, we were friends. So, uh, there, but there's not a person out there where she would say, man, I really admire that person. That's a celebrity. She just doesn't get into that. She's never a starstruck person like that. Um, I had a message tonight on my phone from Ted. Yeah. Who reached out and I should have kept it. It was so goddamn funny. And he, you know, there was a profanity directed at himself in it. <clears throat> and he's like uh blankety blank me. Yeah. I lost Dave's number. Can I please have it again? I want to reach out. So I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And so he wrote back to me and he said, "Hey, he honestly said to me tonight, Ted said to me tonight, how are your kids? That's cool. And I said, you know what, Ted? I said, we're at a park in La Mesa. Yeah. They were beating the shit out of each other. They were kung fu fighting and <laughs> wrestling and choking and doing the whole thing. But then they run over and they're like, hey, who's that? And I go, he's the Padres announcer. What? <laughs> what? You know the Padres announcer? I go, well, you know Mud." What's yeah. he fucking do? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So I wrote back to Ted. I go, well, 
apparently anything I did doesn't fucking matter. But the idea that the Padres announcer knows my name helped with the street cred. I was laughing twice in two days. Yeah. Former KFMB people bailed me out. But um, yeah, it was funny. So then I got down here, and that's a great thing. I go, I said to Dave twenty minutes ago when I got here, "Hey, did you talk to Ted?" No. <laughs> Two times. Well, he's reached out to yeah. me twice on your behalf, yeah, so he's thinking about you. No, I know that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Ted, Ted's a great guy, so I'm not. I'm not 100 not worried about that. I got to tell you though, I know why he's reaching out to me. Obviously, because of Jake. When you posted that thing the other day of 2018, and you posted pictures of of you and Jake and everything, yeah, I completely fell apart. It was weird because it was great, wasn't it? It was great, dude. It was. I've done a really good job, I think, as far as number. No, I was. I was thinking I didn't, when I need to be mentally tough, I can hold almost anything in. I try not to show my expression on my face when I'm coaching, anything like that. But when uh, when I, all of a sudden I'm at work during the day and I see the Facebook thing show up about your 2018, I'm like, well, this is gonna fucking suck. I wasn't even gonna watch mine, mm-hmm. and I said, shoot, I'm gonna watch it, see what shows up of Jake, what what memories kind of pop up, and I looked through it, and then I said, you know, what? I'm gonna post it. So I posted it, and then yours came up. And then I saw it, and man, I completely fell apart. Like, yeah. I, had, I had to leave. Like, not leave work, but I had to, like, go into the bathroom, get my shit together. And then came back, and then Josh showed me a picture right after that of, of a picture I haven't seen in a long time. It's Jake and his mom hugging outside Angel Stadium after. I Jake, love that picture. Yeah. You've seen it? You've seen that one. Jake had a chance to play baseball inside in Angel Stadium. And, yeah. And I haven't just didn't pay attention to that picture, but just being around his mom every day and knowing how hard it is on her to see that picture of that's as happiest as I've seen him. And he's hugging his mom was just yeah. great. So I was like, holy shit, man, I couldn't I couldn't pull it together. It was really bothering me that I couldn't get my shit together. But your your Facebook posts with him, I was I was a wreck, dude. A complete mess. You know what's funny about it, Dave, is if anybody has done those, you have the ability to edit it. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, you have the ability to edit it. So like you know, there were a couple of pictures of uh you know, my trip to Belize with Maddie Gilbranson. I took <laughs> yes. those out. And then I had a picture of me and Vera getting a couple's massage. Yeah, that was nice. Gone. I took that out. And then uh, <laughs> I had a couple others. So I put it. But the cool thing was the picture you can't control is the end picture. Yeah. Because the end picture is your profile picture. So I just, what I did was. I got some pictures out that didn't matter and I got pictures in that did matter. And, but all of a sudden I watched it and it's funny you say that, um, because I wasn't expecting it to end yeah. like it did. And when I saw it in, like I did, I go, fuck, I really like that. I, I, I really like how it ended. So yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's crazy times. Yeah. I, I mean, Dave, I get it probably four or five times a day right now from people checking in. And and I know what they mean by saying "How are you?" They yeah, know they don't know what to say. I understand, no. and they probably do honestly mean "How am I doing?" But yeah. I understand. But they uh, just a lot of people in your corner want you yeah. to, want you to be okay. Uh, two things uh, regarding football: Dave and I tomorrow will officially be Chargers season ticket holders. <laughs> now, before everybody freaks out at me. I'm going to throw one of our friends under the bus. Okay. And I'm going to throw under the bus a guy who was a guest on this show, and that's Sam Bass. Because Sam Bass wrote on Facebook today, you know, I have spent the last year and 15 weeks hating the Chargers, but after watching that comeback on Thursday night, 
and watching the pure boyhood style joy of Philip Rivers and remembering what Antonio Gates meant to me as a football fan, I hope they go all the way. And I go, you fucking bandwagon. <laughs> you fucking bandwagon jumper. You couldn't jump on when they beat the Steelers? No. Okay. Here is how Dave and I are buying season tickets tomorrow. Dave's buying two seats. You're, you're, you're still in on yeah, this, man. right? Let's do this. Dave's buying two seats. I'm buying two seats. However it works, let's just say odd weeks, Dave will have four tickets to the game. Even weeks, I'll have four tickets to the game. Playoffs, Dave will keep his two. I'll keep my two. The Titans come to town. I'll take the Rams over the Titans. How's that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. What do you mean? We'll pick our one team, correct? Yeah. Okay, I'll take the Rams. Yeah, fine. So Dave will get the Rams when the Rams come to town. When the Vikings come to town, yeah. I get the Vikes. Perfect. And uh, But other than that, that's how it works. It's no different, I believe, Dave, than if we lived in San Francisco, even though we don't live in L.A., and bought tickets, went in on tickets for the Niners. Yeah. Not a Niners fan. I've never been a Niners fan. Um, not a Charger fan. I was thrilled for Rivers the other night having, because he was really, really good to us for the times we dealt with him, but I don't know Anthony Lynn or any of the rest of these fucking guys. Couldn't give less of a shit. I mean, they're they're good like the Eagles are playing good right now. It's yeah. just certain teams play really well. But we're going in. We're going in. We're buying those four tickets. I'll tell you this, too. If there's any of you that are kind of casual, like, hey, whatever, well, I recommend you do it. Because I'm telling you, the prices that we're getting these tickets at right now are going to be a lot different, I believe, Dave, in four or five years. I'm with you. And we're going to have two PSLs, and I'm going to have two, and Dave is going to have two. And to me, I look at it and go, for 100 bucks a PSL, flat, we have like three years to pay off the fucking tickets and all this other shit. Uh, I'm just looking at it like a sports investment. And when I look at, really, the lack of return I get even for being a gold season ticket holder or an Aztec season ticket holder, a Padres season ticket holder. I don't need to go to 81 fucking games. I want to go to five. Yeah. I don't have a five game plan for the Padres. I want to go to five fucking games and maybe a playoff game. That's it. And when I look at the return for what I'm getting, we don't have the NBA. Uh, I'm not doing that. It was exact. And I, there's no fucking way. I'm going to be, uh, not right now, an Aztec football season ticket holder. That place is a shithole. It's a shithole, and they don't play anybody. But when they get moved in, if that thing ever, if they break ground and they go, you're fucking right, I'll buy I'll buy four tickets for Especially that. Especially if they go to the wishbone? Shit. <laughs> you are not buying season tickets if they go to the wishbone. Well, they're not going to the fucking wishbone, okay? Nick thinks they should. Yeah. Fucking Bear Bryant's not coming down Jesus Montezuma Christ. Avenue. You'll be at home in an hour and a half running that wishbone. That clock just keeps moving. Motherfucker. Jim Taylor. Yeah. Jesus Paul Christ. Horning. Holy fuck. <laughs> Curly Lambeau. What the fuck's he writing? <laughs> um, but that's why we're doing it. Bought it. Four tickets. We'll we'll make the write the check tomorrow. 
Yeah, I, I will not be buying a Charger hat, a Charger sweatshirt, a Charger jersey, a Charger foam finger. That's funny you say that. I think I'm I'm going in the other direction. Of on course this. you will. I will because here, here's the reason. I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a season ticket holder, I'm gonna go all in on this thing. And I'm not saying the Chargers become my favorite team of all time. Sounds Number like one, they did. I'm saying if we're going here, here here's what I've noticed in the, this past few months mm-hmm. is Josh is a huge Charger fan. Okay, Jake was a huge Raider fan. Mm-hmm. Jake and I had the Raiders always. That was our thing. We were Raiders and Dodger fans, and and Josh and and my wife were Charger and Padre fans. Because Josh has an interest in this, been a tough couple months. I cover that team. I love seeing the Chargers win because it makes my kid happy. Honestly, I do. I root for the Chargers right now because it makes my my son happy. He's going through a bad time. That has nothing to do with it. One hundred percent. You rate you you cheer for the Chargers. Because you get a little fucking stiffy, Wendell Smallwood, out of San Diego Sports <laughs> Suffer. You do. Well, I don't know why you're like that. It's because you're fucked up. It has nothing to do with your son, Josh. Let me don't tell you use something. him as a pun. Let me that tell is a you huge something. plus. That is a huge plus. I'm not going to deny what you just said. Yeah. I know you. It's not a way of sticking at San Diego, but in a way, it's a way of sticking at San Diego. And here's the problem. I'll All of you, t- you have, have to pay th- the price because yeah. a little Johnny Silva, that little fucking dickhead. Little Johnny Silva's not eight years old. <laughs> you make it like he's eight. <laughs> that little fucking weirdo. <laughs> here's- <laughs> Look, here's the deal. Look, you dumb fucks. We told you guys two years ago, four years, four ago, years ago, ten years ago. You might hate Dean. He owns the team. Either play the game or don't play the game. He owns the fucking team. It doesn't matter. You're supposed to be Charger fans. That's yeah. it. That's the way it goes. Okay, I will- guess what? He still owns the fucking team. He took what you wanted, and you guys were too dumb to sit there and vote for the stadium. That's the name of the NFL. That's just the way it was going to be. I, I don't have any fucking time for revisionist history. That's my problem. Yeah. If anybody just looks at it and goes, God damn, you know, yeah, City Hall where we vote in Duncan Hunter and we vote in Bruce Henderson and we vote in Mike Aguirre in this fucking town. We vote in Kevin Faulkner. We vote in a bunch of fucking dipshits. Yep. Right? Yep. If anybody looked at it and said, yeah, you know what? I take responsibility because I cast a vote for people that were incompetent when it came to shit like that then I would acknowledge you. The other problem is, that was a big problem, it was a perfect storm. Dean thought the whole fucking world should be served up to him on a platter, and he couldn't have been more fucking wrong. So you have dipshits in this city that vote in the wrong people, and you have a dipshit owning the team. And nobody could figure it out. But this bullshit now that we have, where every fucking day you got to look at your social media And fucking Ben Higgins crying the blues and Carlo. Oh, shut the fuck up. I just think I can't handle cut. Who fucking cares? It's a football team, you dick. Go do something with this fucking energy that you have. If you don't want to cheer for the fucking football team, Ben, go donate time at Father Joe's. Yeah. Go fucking donate time at the Alpha Project. Get your ass off social media. Nobody gives a shit. You're on a minute and a half a night on Channel 10. More self-serving pricks in this town. When it comes to the Chargers, whether it's Posner, that dumb shit Togerson, all these fuckheads, nobody cares. <laughs> and you know who really doesn't care? Dean. No, he doesn't. You guys are all sitting around in your little fucking book club, 
and you got your short shorts on and you're all sitting there jerking each other off. Nobody gives a fuck. Guess what, fuckhead? The train left. That fucking train's gone. And Ben Higgins leading the charge and Carlo Chiquetto coming in with his bullshit. Nobody cares. What's Carlo saying? Well, you know, I think it's okay if people grew up here and they have loyalty. Hey, fuck Nobody off. loves L.A. more than Carlo. No shit. <laughs> God loves the Lakers, Dodgers, USC. Dodgers, Dodgers. USC. <laughs> I got to listen to his shit. That dude right now is laughing at you more than anybody. I looked at my Facebook memories from today. Yeah. Four years ago today. It said, quote, San Diego has an opportunity to get the Raiders in 2014. You know why I know why you're all a bunch of fucking dinks? Because when I presented that idea, knowing that this fucking Charger team was leaving, that none of you wanted to believe, even though we fucking knew it. We told you every day how the movie was going to end. Yep. We told you old Yeller was going to fucking die. And instead, all you dickheads did was go buy three more fucking tennis balls and take them back out to the park. Well, fuck you if you're that dumb. Don't blame me. So I said to you, trying to save you a little bit of face, you asshole, hey, go make a run at the fucking Raiders. Because then you pin Dean in a corner and you tell him, hey, you're negotiating, we're negotiating. And none of you fucking saw it coming. But now that it ended and you can't handle the fact that you lost... Right? Yep. Because you all want participation trophies. Fuck you. Okay. We tried to tell you, and you didn't listen. So go jerk off Nick Hardwick, Jason Richards, whoever the fuck does that show with them, gives a shit. Ben fucking Higgins, give me a fucking break with this guy. I like Ben fine, but this idea that he's going to sit there in his tweed jacket, he's going to tell us all how the fuck we should think. Who the fuck are you? You went to Tory Pines. You fucking talk when Woods puts a dip in. <laughs> okay, basically, you hit it right on the head. That was my next point. My next point is I'm rooting for this fucking team because now you guys get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. We told you it was going to end. You didn't believe us. And now your feelings are hurt, so fuck you. You go ahead and eat that shitty dinner. That's I, what you have. You have nothing on the but plate. But I want you to know one thing. Unlike Dave, I'm not cheering for the Chargers. Oh, I, I, I know you are. I want it to hurt. Yeah. Fuck you guys. They want you to hurt. Fuck you. That's fine. They can all want me to hurt. Do I'm right what? and they're wrong. All of a sudden, I can't believe it. I'm going to be a Chargers season ticket holder. Once they put Los Angeles in front of it, I'm fucking in. Do you know what scene I wish happened to you in real life? Do you know who go I ahead. wish would show up down here tonight? Who? <laughs> tonight? Who? I wish he's coming in tonight. Rutger Howard. <laughs> and I wish Rutger Howard would do what he did to that little puss, C. Thomas Howell and his girlfriend in the hitcher. I wish he'd <laughs> just fucking Christ. look at C. Thomas Howell as he fucking stretched you from that big semi truck back to the trailer. Your feet tied <laughs> back to the trailer, your arms tied to the truck, and little Tommy Howell would tee you flowing down his face begging leave Diablo alone leave Diablo alone and ice cold Rutger Hauer looked at that little fucking pony boy and he just hit the gas pedal <laughs> and Tom Howell couldn't take it he felt nauseous he thought he was going to vomit there and he begged him man to man Rutger Hauer leave Diablo alone how old do you think Rutger Hauer is right now he's 104 74 years old he'd beat old. the dog shit out of you he would 
absolutely. Billy Hunnity knows I'm right. <laughs> Rutger Hauer would beat the dog shit out of you. Oh. And then you just hear that when he pulls off and the chicks just yanked it to. Fuck you, Diablo. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck the LA Chargers. Fuck John Fossil. Look, so you buy these season tickets and you're bringing your kids up there. You know you're buying them gear. They got to pick a team. You're doing this because we love the NFL. We both admit we love watching yeah. the NFL. They're going to be Charger fans. Your kids are going to be LA. Your kids love LA. They do. We're they going do. up next weekend. <laughs> See, you absolutely love it. You can't get away from it. What are you? When are you going to be up there on Saturday? Um, actually, we're going up. Uh, we're staying over Friday and Saturday, so we'll be Perfect. up there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What a great way to days. end Saturday night, and then taking them to the Charger Ravens game. Uh, we're not going to that because five twenty start. I should ask Weddle for tickets. You should. Why not? Hell, he's got the rest of the Raven fans. His whole yeah. fucking family lives his in whole, Lake Elsinore. His whole fucking family. That's nice. Fucking Rams find a way to blow this thing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's the only thing. Because I do, Dave. I feel terrible for this town. And really, Dave, who I do feel terrible for are my who? kids who, who don't get to grow up in an NFL town. Dude, here, it's an hour and a half up the freeway. I'm mean, Now it's not like LT. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. I lived in Nashville. Bad. I had to drive five hours to see a Bengals game. It fucking sucked. Yeah. But I, I do. I feel bad for legit people in this town that got fucked in that deal. That really didn't, that probably did pay attention to what we were saying and were like, fuck, you know, shit. Didn't live in an area where they could vote in Mikey Geary. Had no, had nothing to do. Dave, there are plenty of people that listen to this tonight that had absolutely nothing to do with anything that ultimately decided the impact. And I'm not... Believe me, I'm not going to say, oh, well, you didn't buy enough tickets. That wouldn't have mattered the at all. The tickets didn't matter at all. Nope. You it's funny you bought, say this. Every one of you could have bought five or six season tickets, and ultimately it would have made zero fucking impact. It's funny. I in have, my opinion. I had this talk last week with Trotter. We were talking about this, about what could have been done. And I said, one of the things I said was, the biggest voice in this town is Canapa. And I said, my opinion was Canapa should have been more out in the front of it. Jeff and I were out in front of it, but our voice wasn't as strong as a guy yeah. like Canapa as a columnist and people Nick were buying the paper at the time. What did Nick always say? I'll, I'll believe, believe it when it the shovel... When... Well, that was too late. You'll believe it when the shovel goes in the ground. That's too fucking late. Yeah, because unfortunately, they'd already put the shovel in the yeah. ground for the L.A. Coliseum, and they'd already put the shovel in the ground for the StubHub Center. 100% right. And that, that was it. Not saying Nick could have saved it, but he would have been your loudest voice to give you a chance. But I understand, in fairness to Nick, that we had seen the Roski plan... We had seen Al Davis talk about Hollywood Park. We had seen the talk of Farmer's Field and everything else, and L.A. had been used for a pawn for a lot. Here's the other thing that I'll say in fairness to Nick and probably to a lot of the rest of you that I would understand because not only did you guys fall for it, but his own peers fell for it. If you want to tell me, you know what, at the end of the day, admittedly, I didn't think he'd have the balls to do it. I thought even though they gave him the keys to the car, I didn't think he'd drive it off the lot. I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you because I felt like they pinned him in a corner and he had nowhere to go. He wasn't going to stay here because if he turned down L.A. There was not going to be any reason to improve Qualcomm Stadium. Right. Everybody would have said you have to pay for everything. Yes. Stop talking about Mission Valley. The NFL wanted downtown. I don't know what the fuck Mission Valley you fuckheads live in. I go through Mission Valley all the time. Mission Valley is fucking Escondido. Like, it's fine. But you goddamn act like it's La Jolla or Coronado. 
Like, they had no interest in that. Where were the teams going to stay? Where was everything going to take place? Downtown. Yep. That's where they wanted it to be. But just this constant fucking whining and all day long on social media. God, it's such wasted energy. I guarantee it. Dean's not sitting there running his hands through his painted hair going, God damn, there's a bad night on Twitter. Oh, my God. Susie? Pumpkin, can you bring me one more glass of Chardonnay? Fuck, just bring me the whole box. Because Pete and Point Loma is putting my nuts in this little nutcracker, and I'm struggling. I'm struggling because SD sign guy's really fucking giving it to me. And poor Ben Higgins doesn't know what to do emotionally. I really raked that poor son of a bitch over the coals. All he wanted to do was golf. God damn it. Susie! Is the wine coming? It's your side of the family that made our son's premature ball. <laughs> You're goddamn right it was. He gets drunk and starts telling Susie for the kids being bald. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the deal for everyone that sits there and goes on the social media you guys are part of a really small group you guys think you're a big group you're a small group and it shows just in the sports radio ratings it does yeah. people think hey guess what we're all in the same boat we're fighting for san diego that's 900 people i hate to say it it's not as big as you think and as the better the team does just like we said the people are going to support a winner and well, that's what's going to happen people are going to support a winner and i'm not saying this team's going to host a playoff game but right now as long as philip rivers is there which is maybe another two three years the Chargers are going to be pretty damn good. This team is going to be really good when they get Hunter Henry back. Jason Verrett's probably never coming back. But when you get a tight end back that can actually add to that offense and Mike Williams continues to get better, Melvin Gordon goes back into his prime, the Chargers are going to be a team heading into the 2019 season that Las Vegas is going to say they're one and two of winning the AFC. Do you know how we get our mojo back? How we get our fucking mojo back is putting the NFL and the Chargers behind us. And the way this fucking city gets their mojo back, because nobody will tell you tomorrow while Ben's reading raps. So I'll fucking tell you, because Go I got to do everything. What you should <laughs> fucking be doing in this town right now is developing a plan to build a new arena. And why you should be building a new arena is really simple. <clears throat> Robert Sarver, who is the owner of the Phoenix Suns and lives in Rancho Santa Fe, has run into a wall where they cannot get a new arena built with Talking Stick Arena, which used to be the America West yeah. Arena. It was a horrible arena, by Now, the way. again, if anybody in this town fucking thought forward instead of looking back and crying about yesterday, you should start putting a plan together to say, you know what? Let's build a fucking arena. That's what they're doing in Seattle with the renovation of the key, uh, the old key arena. Yeah. And that is where the NHL is going in three years. And my guess would be that a lot of people are looking at Seattle like they're looking at Vegas as a potential landing spot for the NBA. But the difference between San Diego and Vegas and Seattle is the owner of the Phoenix Suns, who's having major arena problems, does not live in those communities. He fucking lives here. And if we could say, hey, you know what, Robert? We're dying in the fall. We're dying in the fall because we no longer have the NFL and our college football team's going to the fucking Frisco Bowl. 
Let's work together and let's see if we can find a way to get an arena built. And then you know what? Come home. Come home. You will ride in here and you will ride in here on a white horse. You'll ride in here and this team will all of a sudden be able to see the Clippers and the Lakers and everybody else in the West that matters come here and make it happen. And fuck, but I guarantee you, Dave, Scott Sherman's so busy trying to figure out a way to get the Raiders down here for one fucking year. Well, then what? Then what happens? Oh, nothing. We just go right back to being sad. You know, we're the fucking uh, Red Roof Inn of the NFL. Come stay. We'll keep the light out. Where's Tom Bodette? I don't think it's the Red Roof Inn. I think that's the Motel 6. Hey, I don't know what you do at night where you know every cheap motel, buddy. Maybe that's a conversation for you and your conscience. Just run motels that the slogan is, come on in, get your 10 minutes, and then get out for yeah. cheap. Yes. Yeah. Well, we change the sheets every 20 minutes. Yeah. Home of the plastic sheet and the squeegee. <laughs> That's it. Mark Davis is treating this city, and they're never fucking coming here. And then who wrote today? Well, hold on. Before you move on, this is exa- it's funny that you brought this up. This is exactly the direction I was going in. It, it, and I'll tell you why I think it's, it's very smart. Not saying that the NBA or NHL or anyone would pick San Diego because we don't have a great history of taking care of our teams. But the reason is that Jeff said this, not only with the Suns that I agree with, the big thing is the Diamondbacks. They're in a yeah. situation where Phoenix now needs to build two arenas at right. the same time. Right. If they want to keep the Suns and keep the Diamondbacks, they need to build two arenas because they're done with the playing at Bank One or Chase, whatever it's called now, Chase Field. They're done. I don't know why, but they're done, and they're done with playing with America West or whatever the new name is, as you said. Talking Stick. Talking Stick. What is Talking Stick? I don't even know. I think it's a uh, casino. Okay. So the deal is to, to build one, let alone two in, in a city at the same time, is really tough. Well, and I, I'll take that one step further, Dave. The Tampa Bay Rays failed again in their attempt to get a stadium built in Ybor City. What does that mean to San Diego? Here's what it fucking means to you, because Ben's reading rap, so let me help you out again. Putting patches on his tweed jacket? Yeah, and fucking getting nervous on social media about a team that's on here. How come there was none of this fucking love for the Clippers, by the way? Yeah. How come I was the only guy that took that fucking bullet <laughs> when Billy, McKinney, Billy McKinney left, huh? Where the fuck were you then, you dicks? When James Donaldson called L.A. home, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> Why you want to be paying attention to the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. is because everybody has their eye on Vegas. And Vegas is quickly going to become a four-team market, whether they want to be or not. The Raiders are going there. The Knights are already there. Now you're looking at NBA and you're looking at Major League Baseball. You have, well, you have three Major League teams right now that don't have stadiums, right? You have the Rays, the A's, and the Diamondbacks. Well, the A's feel good that they'll be able I'll to I believe get... it when I see it. That's one of those, like, really? Oh, okay. has been fighting Nick... this since 1974. All right, Nick Canepa. Well, they feel like now that they got the Raiders out of there, that they can go down to Jack London Square in the city of Oakland, will panic and give them the money they want, even though the city of Oakland doesn't have it. So now what's going to happen, Dave, is you have two baseball teams that are going to be on the move for Vegas. And those two teams are going to be the Diamondbacks if shit doesn't get fixed and keep an eye on the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, you go, Jeff, what does that mean to me? What it means to you is if the city of Phoenix loses the Diamondbacks, then there's no fucking way they're going to lose the Suns. Now I'm giving way too much credit. To the city people down here, the editorial board of the UT isn't going to do shit. 
The local sports columnists are not going to do shit. The local sports talk radio guys are not going to do shit. But what you should do is pull the fucking curtain and say the Chargers are gone. What can we do tomorrow? Robert Sarver lives here. The Suns are a fucking wreck. But you can rebuild an NBA team pretty quickly with some money and some uh, little bit of good thinking. Let's start figuring out a way to get a world-class arena built in this town. We need one anyways. We sure do. Uh, I don't know why Pachanga would put any money on that fucking thing. They destroyed. You used to just be able to walk around the concourse. Yeah. So if you were in Loge 17A, you could just walk to 8B around the concourse and not miss anything of the game. But now they put 25 fucking pieces of plywood up and tried to fool you into believing you have a luxury box <laughs> at Pachanga Arena. You don't. It's just a fucking pain in the ass for everybody else. <laughs> But if anybody had any fucking vision in this town and said, hey, let's build a building where we may be able to get the NBA, then we could slowly start putting the pieces together and think about life after the Chargers because they are not coming back. Period. No, they're not. The NFL will never come back. The yeah. NFL's not coming back in your lifetime because you'd have to build it first and then tell the NFL, this is yeah. what we want. So you go ahead and try to convince taxpayers we're going to throw billions of dollars into a stadium that might not ever have it be a home Without to anybody. Without the six hundred million yes. that the NFL was kicking in two years yeah. ago, and I'm sorry, forget about San Diego State because just as Jeff told you before, the NFL never wanted to be a Mission Valley. No, doesn't matter how nice you're going to think you can expand that stadium. They're not. It's going to be a thirty thousand seat stadium. It'll look great for Aztec football when they're playing Boise State. It'll look great for the San Diego Surf Tide of the fucking indoor soccer league. Or whatever the fucking uh, what's whatever double uh, A outdoor soccer is, because that'll be the extent. Maybe fucking Jerome will buy a team. <laughs> He's all we got left. Him and John Hine. That's it. <laughs> Jerome and John Hine. They're the only fucking guys we have left to save this shit. Walchef won't do it. <laughs> Because <laughs> you've all badgered him on social I know. media. What are you guys doing? Fucking guy was going to write a check and bring the NFL home. Now what? Stupid. Nothing. Made them all feel bad. Good for you. But I would, Dave. I'd start thinking about finding a way to put an arena in this town. Nobody will fucking do it. We're, we are so happy being miserable in this town. We can't fucking stand it. We cannot. Our little woolly dicks get hard. Every time something happens, if somebody says San Diego Chargers, oh my gosh, isn't that great? Yeah, guess who cares? You. Nobody in <laughs> fucking uh, Chicago, Illinois, is going to dinner and bringing their plate of lasagna in and goes, hey, listen, I know we got to figure out what the fuck we're doing for Christmas, but did you hear Chris Collinsworth tonight? <laughs> no. He said San Diego Chargers. Well, shit. You know why, why is that such a big deal? Why do people get off because on that? Because we have a Napoleon complex. It is the craziest. Most, it, just because someone says it doesn't mean they're coming back. It's so yeah. stupid to me. I don't understand the excitement. Why people retweet that? Yeah. How long does it take you to pull that clip from Michelle Tafoya saying that? Yeah, filming it off your little 14-inch Curtis Mathis TV and then putting it up there. I'll tell you the other person who doesn't matter, sitting at his luxury penthouse in New York City, Eating 19 fucking pizza rolls. Roger Goodell doesn't give a he shit does not either. Care. He doesn't give a shit. Jesus fucking Christ. 
it. That's it. Goodell's doing just fine. Everyone says, man, look how much money this guy's making. He needs to be fired. Susie! He needs to be fired. The NFL couldn't be happier with You've what's going on. You've all rattled Dean. Dean will never be the same. He just walks around the fucking Galleria trying to find his way. John says, Dad, it's okay. Don't say that again, John. How many Navy Blazers and khaki pants does Dean have? A lot. A lot of them. And he doesn't care. Guess what? He's absolutely fine. He doesn't care. That is give so a fucking shit. funny. I got to ask him before we get out of here because we've actually gone at least an, almost close to an hour. Oh, yeah. I got to ask about the Padre deal because we didn't go, we didn't get into it very mm-hmm. much. Explain to me, okay? Bigger Padre fan than I am. Mm-hmm. Ian Kinsler. I don't understand at all. Uh, you know what? I saw a deal. It was kind of a weird deal for me for Kinsler coming here. So the feeling is, Dave, that he comes in, he's a veteran guy that can kind of bounce around. And what they hope is that if he hits a little bit, that you flip him for something at the break. Dude, he's terrible. He's terrible. Have you he watched him? Terrible. Terrible I watch him they, a lot for the Angels. He was terrible with the Angels. He was terrible with the Red Sox. He wasn't good, man. He, he's, yeah. It didn't make any sense. And no one else wanted him. What's his $8 million stuff? Well, it's four a year, right? Yeah. Still, why would he commit $8 million to a guy? Now, here's the funny thing. You have Clayton Richard on the books for three. You have Hector Oliveira coming up, the fucking domestic violence kid. Yeah. That you got that $8 million coming up that you're going to have to write the check for uh, coming up. I don't know. It's just weird money. Look, I'm not endorsing the deal. Yeah. But when you look at Major League money, what it tells you, Dave, is they're not fucking broke. No, None of these fucking teams are broke. Don't fall for that. Why is it okay sometimes to use your argument, your small market, and not okay at other times? Ian Kinsler last year with the Angels and with the Red Sox, terrible. I mean, Go to 2017. Well, but last year, just let's know, 239 with the Angels, 242 with the Red Sox, one home run, 16 runs knocked in with the Boston Red Sox. And he just is How many a guy, home runs RBIs for the Angels? He had thirteen home runs, thirty he had thirteen home runs, thirty two runs knocked in with Angels in ninety one games. Mm, not yeah. good. I mean, really, he's just not good anymore. Now he used to be really good. I used to be a big Kinsler fan. I thought yeah, the guy well, was Well, yeah, good. I mean when you go back to the Rangers and Tigers, but what did he do in twenty seventeen? Twenty seventeen he hit two thirty six. God damn. That's what I'm saying. Two thirty six knocked in fifty two runs, twenty two home runs. 22 home runs. And yeah. so, and, and year before that, going back to 2016, he had 28 home runs. He just hasn't been been as good of a player as you even think he was. Career, three years. Career 271 hitter. I thought he was better than that. If you would have asked me, I would have said Kins was close to 300. I, I don't know I would have had him that high. I mean, clearly the last couple of years. Yeah. They've not been great. He's only been an all-star. He's been four times, and He's I thought he was old? better than that. Ian Kinsler is 37. 37? Yeah, 37 years old. God dang. That's Maybe they saying. thought they were signing Ian Kinsler Jr. <laughs> like Fernando Tatis yeah. I Jr. Just didn't, I just didn't understand. I thought they were already moving forward with their second baseman in the direction they're going. Well, I think their hope is that he can help them at, at third. third. I got that. He's, they have to be a better third baseman than this. I actually like, you know which guy I liked? I liked the Justin Bohr trade uh, pickup by the Angels playing first base. Yeah. The power hitter from the Marlins. They got him for half the price. Yeah, I mean, there's guys. I mean, some of these moves, look, I understand you like you like AJ a lot. I don't get this one. I didn't get the Jared Weaver deal a couple of years ago. I don't get why Garrett Richards on the team. I don't get, I don't understand any of this. I don't mind the Garrett Richards. Man. Why? It's not going to play the whole year. Yeah, he hasn't, and he, he hadn't played three years before that. He averages he averages nine games a year. So Richards this year, you get for what I see six million this year, and then nine million 
the next year. Is that right? I thought it was a total of $16 million. No, 15. 15. It doesn't matter at this point. He said they all have money. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Again, with the Ian Kinsler deal, I'll say this. Who else was asking? Just like Hosmer. Who else wanted Well, him? you could say the same thing about Richards. What was yeah, the market for that's Garrett a, Richards? That's my, that's my argument. I don't understand what direction, what the plan is. And if you lose him, so what? Yes. I don't understand. I don't think anybody honestly is chasing Ian Kinsler at age 37 in the offseason going, he's the Not guy. Not for we a two year deal. Yeah, he's the guy. I, mean, I like the guy the Twins got at second base much better than the guy that the Padres got. I have to think about who the Twins John, got. John, your boy from Baltimore, John. Oh, yeah. Scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Who could have played third? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, much better. I, look, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Honestly, I just don't know. I just didn't, don't understand. If you could explain it, I was hoping you would say something. No, the but I don't understand it at all. The frustration to me, I mean, and you see it too, is, I mean, we saw it in social media today with some dumb shit, sent you and I a message trying to talk about Margot, like fucking Margot's the next Willie Mays. Shut the fuck no, up. He's not. You started hyping me on Margot. You're just a moron. He's not even Cameron Maben. Yeah, that's a funny call. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you one guy who he's not because they hype him on the defense. You know, Dave, who I was probably thinking they thought he could be was Mike Cameron. Because Mike Cameron was a guy, if you remember yeah. here, offensively was great and defensively was great. And I think that's a guy they feel like they got in Margot. Now, Margot had a terrible fucking year last year. And Hosmer was terrible. Myers yep. was terrible. Hosmer's defense was terrible. And they yeah. thought he was supposed to be the defensive gold glove guy. But, I mean, like I said. We Osmer some... came here and got San Diego soft. He did. I blame Andy Green for that. I really do. I'm not an Andy fan at all. No. Not an Andy fan. Um, I don't know. The Kinsler deal kind of surprised me, right? Uh, yeah, no, very much so. I just didn't understand. I'll, here's the deal. I don't get a two-year deal for him at 37 that i that doesn't make any sense to me none of it does again who else was asking nobody else was asking god that's funny dave i would have thought him more about 34 so okay so he, let me throw this at you a couple things one is a few years ago when were the padres going to be good now you and i never fell for the 2019 deal mm -hmm. but a lot of people said 2019 it's obviously not 2019 so you go how much further out to me you're going to judge when this team is going to be good when you think when is tatis going to be that all-star player Yes, not when Tatis is going to be a rookie or in his second year, but when Tatis is an established third, fourth year guy and the player we think it's going to be. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say third year guy because he's only to, nineteen or something. I mean, Tatis is crazy young. But what I look back is I look at young guys that came up, young guys that were studs that came up, and you go uh, Griffey Jr. Yes, by Griffey Jr. His second year he was, and maybe even his first first year, year he was outstanding. Yeah, second year. But then I look at guys, and I'll, I'll tell you one, man, that I've watched a lot of. Byron Buxton was supposed to be an absolute can't-miss fucking yep. prospect. Again, two different guys, but number one fucking prospect in baseball. The fucking kid cannot hit. He can't hit. Plays great defense, been injured a lot, the whole thing. But Byron Buxton, the Twins thought coming right out was going to be fantastic. Uh, Swanson from the Braves was an absolute yep. can't-miss fucking prospect. Kid cannot fucking cannot hit. hit. Can't hit. So, look, I, I want Tatis to be great. I really do. I want Tatis to be great. I would not trade Tatis. I wouldn't trade him either. No. I mean, I feel like you made that fucking mistake with Trey Turner. 
And, uh, but again, I just, all these bridge guys, like how many fucking bridge guys do we have to look at? Whether it's Garrett Richards or fucking Clayton Richard or Ian Kinsler, Brian Mitchell, they're all just fucking stiffs. That's what it is. And again, so when I'm next question for you is what year as a Padre fan are they contending for winning the the pennant? Well, I mean the Diamondbacks made it easier on them this year, right? Yeah, sure did. The Giants are going to make it easier on them because the Giants are going backwards; they're not going forwards. Rockies are looking at some big fucking personnel moves coming up. So you got the Dodgers, but but you also have to look at all the other teams. You're not just in it in the West. You know, do you have a shot against teams in the Central, in the in the East, in the South? I mean, the Braves feel pretty fucking good. The Phillies think they're going to be good. Yep. The Mets think they're going to be better. I mean, there's fucking teams all over baseball. The Cardinals are always going to be in the mix. So, uh, to answer your question, Dave, where I think you look at it and you go, this is where we set our flag in the ground and this is where over the next eight years that we should be a playoff contender five, if not six of those years. My feeling is that window opens in 2021. Really? That soon? Uh-huh. I'll go 2023. Oh, shut up. Why, why do you say that? Why do you say 2021? 2023? In 2021, he's going to be 22. Tatis will be 22 years old. It's right. really young. You're building your whole franchise around a 22-year-old What kid. about Paddock? What about fucking Gore? What about Logan Allen? What about all these fucking arms, Espinosa? I'll be honest with you. Out of all those guys you just mentioned, Paddock's the only guy that's proven he can dominate at every level. See, I'd move Gore. I would, if you could I would move Gore and for everybody loves, Oh, if, you, if he was part of the deal. Right now, Syndicard's off the table. The Mets are saying they're going to win the division this year. They just signed Wilson Ramos today. They say we're Well, go- there you go. No, they well, there you go. They're out of the, the Rio Muto deal. They're out of that trade. But they they say they think they have their catcher. They say they're thinking they're moving in the right direction oh, with with their offense, and they're they're ready to go. Well, yeah. So I'm just saying that's what the Mets are saying. The Mets believe they can contend in that East, especially now that the Nationals are going to lose Bryce Harper. It looks like that they can go and compete with the Phillies and the Braves in that division. It's it, it again. I'll go 2023, 2019 is where most Padre fans were saying. The winter meetings were the biggest disappointment I can ever remember as a baseball Terrible. fan. So boring. It was horrible for Major League Baseball, which right now is really struggling as people are upset that the game isn't entertaining anymore. Yeah. Nothing happens. It's become an anyway. old man's game. Well, yeah. And the problem was somebody wrote Monday or Tuesday, might have been Bob Nightingale. It used to be great at the winter meetings because. Guys like Kevin Towers would get there. Jack McKeon would get there. They just needed a third baseman. They need a third baseman. You need a catcher. And we're going to go fucking down the hotel bar. And, you know, you and and Stevie Woods on your side, me and Ben on my side, and we're going to fucking figure it out. We'll just, uh, you know, we'll figure out. Ben and I will be like, okay. Let me look at this fucking roster, right? Look at these two dickheads. Yeah, look at Sensitive Steve and Dumb Dave. Yeah, Sensitive Steve over here still's got his fucking avocado outfit on from Halloween, for Christ's sake. I'm not going to lose to him. So, we, uh, Ben, what do you say? We take this guy and that guy? Yeah, fuck it. All right, we'll take that. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go watch Mamma Mia. <laughs> but that's how it went. But now you got a bunch of fucking dorks in there. Yeah. And everybody, David, everybody's panicked to losing. So nobody makes moves anymore. That wasn't that was insane. 
I mean, anyone, if, if you're a radio station or a TV station that spent money to send your guy to, for the winter meetings, you'd yeah. say we didn't get our money's worth. Nothing happened. Nothing. MLB Network looked like those guys were going to die on there. Just They had there. nothing to talk about. No. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Now you go, ah, we'll just cancel our trip to the winter meeting. Baseball be like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. Then next year, we're going to fucking trade everybody. That was something. And everyone kept waiting for the big Bryce Harper year. When the Bryce Harper year comes, man, Boy, something's going to happen. Jim Bowden said he thought they were going to make a deal during the meetings. And I believed him. I thought Jim was right on. We like Jim. Because Jim's point was teams don't want to have to be fucking sitting there with yeah. $300 million set aside or whatever the number is and have this thing drag out till February. And yeah. they'll be like, well, shit, nobody's left to go get. And I thought Jim made a really good point. Jim Duquette. Uh, MLB radio said no fucking chance. This is going to drag forever. Because uh, Scott Boris doesn't act that way. He always waits till the end. You know, he usually holds it off. Well, you know, it's the last guy I can remember him he took care of that soon was, I think, Kevin Brown. I don't remember him taking Garrett guys really soon. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, is there a more confident guy than him? It, uh, I mean, when I say that is, he will wait to the last second and get his money. And he always does. Every time you think, oh, man, he outplayed his hand. Yeah, and then next thing you know, it always works out. He wins every time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I uh, I just I'm concerned about this Pods team because you've gotten to that point. Like uh, it it reminds me when my kids were little, and they were about four or five. And Dave, you've seen it on the playground where it's kind of the jungle gym, right? Yeah. Where you where you climb up like six straight steps on a ladder. But then you have to work your way over, over kind of that little curve yeah. part to kind of get to the top of the mountain. And a lot of kids get there to six, up that sixth spot, and then they're like, well, fuck it. I don't want to take a chance. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And other kids just fucking swing or do whatever they do. They figure it out. To me, that's my analogy for this Padre team. They have gotten to the point now where they are there. And yeah. they are now waiting because of injuries and other things. And they don't know how the fuck to get over the top. And so shit happens like Garrett Richards and Ian Kinsler and others. It's not, you know, it's not any, it's not Syndergaard, right? Syndergaard, yeah. the, that then to this point. And so I just don't know, man. I just don't know that that front office, there's a big part of me that thinks Preller would have been perfect as scouting director of this team. Me too. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And then if you had a fucking GM, like fill in the blank, whether it was Billy Epler or Jerry DePoto or whoever, John Sherholtz, whoever you want. Yeah. I just, uh, I just don't know, man. I hope so. I hope he's the guy to build it. I just don't know that he is. No, I'm not sure either. It's uh, it, it's frustrating. I sure like we've him. Seen, yeah. Well, here's we've seen this through this organization over and over again. Depending, it doesn't matter who the GM is. You always bring guys in past their prime. I mean, the Jared Weaver thing was a disaster. We all knew it, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, I the, mean, well, this the... is a disaster. Vinny Castillo was a disaster. We, we all knew that Castillo was a disaster. We all knew when they bring in these old guys, Orlando Hudson, O Dog. Yeah. I mean, bringing these guys that no one else wants. Uh, How many times yeah, are we going to keep I mean, doing that? Good uh, teams don't do this. Oh, fuck. They don't. They just, uh, who the fuck did the Cubs just sign? The Cubs just signed a fucking stiff. Who, do, 
Who the fuck did I just see? No, every team. The Twins fucking did it last year with Lance Lynn, who gets thirty million. How much? And Lance Lynn had value to him. At the end, Lance Lynn had value. You could once they got rid of him. Yeah, but he got he had value. It wasn't a bad move overall for the Twins. What did they get in return? Lance Lynn was a guy that just got sixteen million dollars. Did they end up cutting Lance Lynn? I mean, they they flipped him to the Yankees for like nothing. He got thirty million. Yeah, he got a shitload of money again this winter. Yeah. You no, keep calling they, Lance Lynn dumb. He's not dumb. No, I'm calling the Twins dumb for signing Lance Lynn, Logan Morrison. Dave, they're bad baseball moves everywhere. The fucking Giants? You think the Giants would sign Johnny Cueto again? Here's the deal. I think you think that, they'd sign Jeff Samarja again? A, Matt I'm, Moore? I'm going to give you... When, McCutcheon? But when they got all those guys, McCutcheon, that, that's a bad win right there. The Phillies gave uh, McCutcheon, they gave McCutcheon yeah. a deal. Here's the deal. Longoria, uh, Jeff Samarja, all those deals at the time were not bad deals. Cueto wasn't a bad deal. Moore wasn't a bad deal. At the time, those weren't bad deals. God. Right? Didn't we think Longoria going to the Giants was a good move at the time? Uh, I don't know about Longoria. I, I think you felt Johnny Cueto was going to be good. I think Matt Moore, you probably hoped, was going to be a sleeper. I don't know where I was at on Samarja. Samarja, I've never been a huge fan of. Everyone was all into Samarja because he played football at Notre Dame. That's chose it. baseball. Everyone was all hyped up on him. That's it. But they made a lot of fucking bad moves, too. Unbelievable. The, the, it's, it's funny when you look at these different teams, as you mentioned, the ones that are supposed to have money, like the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Would not surprise me if Bryce Harper is a guy that ends up with the Giants. That he, all of a sudden that's the guy because the Giants have no minor league system whatsoever. They have to kind of win through through free agency. I don't know, man. They got the new GM. I don't know if that GM is going to be spending money. Did, I think they're going to fucking tear that thing down. Did you see the whole deal on uh, on the Boston Red Sox about their, their luxury tax? Yeah. And how it's been 100% worth it? Yeah. That three of their last four World Series right. they've won, they went over, and they're like, well, fuck it. It was worth Give it. Give us a shit. Yeah. Yeah. For an extra $16 million, it was worth it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Not, uh, not, <laughs> not too bad. I just, uh, I don't know. Look, Hoyer made shitty moves on this team, right? Yes. Josh Burns traded fucking Rizzo for straight up for Kashner. I mean, you've had guys here that have made plenty of bad moves. Uh, it's been kind of the jinx of this team. Bad shit's happened. Yeah. But uh, now you look at it and you go, fuck, I don't know, man. I don't know what happens. Oh, man. So anyway, we're moving forward as we head into the new year and you expect a lot of different moves, especially I think no one cares what any of the Dodgers or the Red Sox and those teams are doing. They just want to see how the Padres moving in the right direction. Rocky said they are absolutely not moving Nolan Arenado. Yeah. And Arenado, we'll see where he, where he ends up. The Rockies aren't going to be able to keep him. Nolan Arenado, unless they make a run for that World Series, and last year I understand they were a postseason team, mm-hmm. Arenado's not, not staying. He's going to end up in either the Angels or the Dodgers. He's not going to the Dodgers. So he, he wanted to be a Dodger. They fucked up sure. by not drafting him. him and did Garner. you just drop sure under yeah. your breath? They yeah. fucking did right, son of a bitch. You asshole. Yeah, you you know you, that. You know, I actually I've heard him say it. He All wanted right. to be a Dodger and was pissed off they didn't draft him out of high school. All right. Oh. You keep watching Football Night in San Diego. I tell you about Alan Taylor. Greatest show on TV. Todd Strain. Let me tell you, this is the worst fucking show on TV. Football night in San Diego is terrible. You got 80 guys sitting at the desk. It's would, ridiculous. Wh- whose career would you rather have, Todd Strain or Brandon Stone? Todd Strain. Yeah, me too. Yeah, poor Brandon Stone. Guy barely has enough to probably has a pot to piss in. I'm working over that KUSI. Todd Strain at least gets to go to these games. Fucking Brandon Stone's at 
Goes out to El Cap. <laughs> El Cap and shit. Runs his own fucking yeah. camera. He has to run his camera, then he has to go cover the rodeo. Poor guy. Has to come home, stock the vending machines. <laughs> hey, Brent. Hey, you ever going to put a fucking Kit Kat in there? Jesus Christ. I just shot four fucking games. Okay? Alan Denton. I mean, a prompter better than any of these other assholes here. Again, yeah. I can't get on the air. Yeah. And I got glasses. Every time you look at football night in San Diego, another guy's added to the desk. Yeah. Another guy. You go, who asked him? <laughs> I, right now, I can make cuts. Greg Camarillo, get the fuck out. He could go. Clarence Shellman. Norv was the offensive coordinator. Clarence Shellman stands in front of the screen. You can't even see the plays he's breaking down. Stand on the side, asshole. Cameron, Cameron. Fuck off. Come on. Where's Terrell Fletcher? <laughs> the fuck? All right. Alan Taylor, Taylor Bader Pools. You just talked to Alan, you told me. Yeah, Jimmy Oliver was available for this show. <laughs> Dude, it's the worst show on TV. I used to watch the show. I used to like the show. Now it's just insane. It's embarrassing. It's kind of A lot of Super Bowl rings up there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 20 years in San Diego, Taylor Bader Pools. New construction on commercial or residential. Full remodels and commercial residential. New equipment repairs, pool resurfacing, installation. He does it all. Also, if you have a brand new pool that you say, you know what? We've been thinking about it for a number of years. We want to put a brand new pool in our backyard. Alan Taylor's your guy at Taylor and Made Pools. Give Alan a call at 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Make sure you call him before it starts getting warmer. Now's the perfect time for him to work on that pool. Great time to have him in. You've seen it. Not only are so many homeowners around San Diego making that call that you should make, but also local hotels, Sheraton, right down, where the fuck did I say that was? Uh, right down by uh, Mission Bay, I yep. believe, made the call. All you got to do is go to our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com, click on the sponsors page, you'll see TaylorMade Pools. Take a look for yourself. Really, I mean, take a look for yourself. I mentioned next week I'm taking my sons out of town for a couple of days. God the damn. greatest city on the planet. You know, but... Everywhere you go, you got to realize yes. you got to pay for parking. You got to deal with traffic. You got to deal with all this other shit going on. Where if you had a gorgeous pool in your backyard, like so many of you have had Alan build for you, then you go, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to have the kids come over. I'll take a couple of days off of work. We'll fire up the grill and we'll hang right here. Where the fuck am I going to go? What do you think? The Lexor is going to treat me better than my pool? Bullshit. That's why, man. It starts with the call to TaylorMade Pools. Absolutely. And after you call TaylorMade Pools, you call Daniel Tyler at Superior Fence Company. Started in 2005, 13 years in the business. Daniel Tyler and Superior Fence, the best place in town as far as making sure your property is protected and looks great. The number is 760-745-4846. Again, 760-745-4846. You know what I love about both the guys we just talked about, Dan Tyler and Al Taylor, uh, starting with sdsuperiorfence.com, another guy you can get a link to. Uh, I mean, it's a one-stop shop on our website. A phenomenal work. They stand by it over 40 years combined of success here in San Diego. San Diego guys working hard in the backyard, your backyard, to make your house look even better than it does tonight. You're going to absolutely love it. But the other thing that I love about both the guys you just mentioned, Dave, when we've talked about Jake's projects and everything that's come together in 2019, starting with the rebuild of a Little League field, yep, 
uh, both of those guys stepped up immediately. I cannot be more thankful to both of them, Alan and Amy at TaylorMade, and also to Dan Tyler, who have said, look, just let us know where and when our guys will be there and we'll get this thing done. It's huge. means a lot. Also, Brian Curry, look, you're looking for that perfect house right now. It's very interesting what's going on in the real estate market. I was just talking to someone about this just two hours ago. What is the future of San Diego Realty? Well, right now you got to call Brian Curry. He'll tell you everything that's going on. He's been in the business for more than 20 years. He's won a lot of awards, certified negotiation specialist, member of the Council of Residential Specialists, and also don't forget, he's one of the fine men and women that have served this country in the, in the service. Great guy. Also, Brian is your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, make sure you call Brian Curry, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. Two five one one five eight eight. Brian kicked so much ass he blew his knee out. <laughs> Can your real estate guys say that? Your real estate guys probably trying out for Dancing with the Stars, that little shitty San Diego version that they put on the CW. Not fucking Brian Curry just going around kicking doors down, kicking ass, taking names, yes. chewing gum at the same time, and then one time. Lady Luck caught up with him in the knee, but guess what? He's still closing deals from the couch like a champion. Uh, can't wait, man. Talking to my sons about it today because they they drive around. One of the things we look at yeah. is we'll drive around and you'll see a real estate sign. And I always say to my signs, you see that guy in that sign right over there on that bus bench or the real estate guy? And they'll go, yeah, I see him. Go, that guy's a fucking jerk. <laughs> my guy would beat the dog shit out of him. <laughs> We're going to take that guy's money. And that guy is sitting there in the suit that his dad bought him at JCPenney 35 years ago or bought it at fucking uh, Walker Scott. Guy's a clown. My guy, Brian Curry, military guy, gets shit done. That's why your dad's <laughs> using him. Love BC. <laughs> My man. Go ahead. Use a guy in an ill-fitting suit. See how that works out for you. He'll be telling you, you know what? I know you have a beautiful house here on the beach. We should sell for $71,000. And when your real estate agent fucks you because he mis, uh, misprices your property, yes. guess who's going to buy it? Me. Because my guy, Brian Curry, is going to say, that guy's a dumb shit. Let's move in, buy it, and then champagne of beers for everybody. Miller High Life. <laughs> I like it, dude. It's his new slogan. I sold so many houses and kicked so much ass, I blew my knee out. Yeah. <laughs> Did yours do that? All right. So tomorrow morning when you wake up, yeah, you're going to get four messages saying, you motherfucker, you bought Charger season tickets. I bought NFL season tickets. Why don't you tickets. move? That's my Why favorite. Don't you move? Why don't you move? Yeah. If I move, none of you would know what the fuck to do next. You assholes. He said, Are you going to listen to Doug Gottlieb? Doug Gottlieb going to fucking steer this ship? Fuck you if you think that fucking dick I, I i love some guy they sent me a message you know i listened to your podcast i had to hear 15 minutes about the stones before you got the padre talk i felt like saying what a fucking pussy you are but i didn't because i'm classy <laughs> you are classy i know i'm just like this different. fucking guy's got 31 followers you don't have patches on your tweed jacket but you are no. classy i felt like telling that guy there's more people getting a flu shot at the CVS in Alpine than there are that find you interesting on social media, you fucking punk. But I didn't do it because I'm nice. Yes. And it's Christmas. Yeah. 
I have uh, big news for you. <laughs> Bigger than buying Charger tickets? Yes. I bought NFL tickets. I just happened to see the Chargers okay. a lot. A They're going to be yeah. there a lot. Look who keeps showing up. Yes. So I put on social media um, that I was chasing a story for us in January. And the way I teased it was, you know the voice, you don't know the story, but it's going to be a good one. I'm really fired up that this person said yes. And when you hear it, I know exactly what's going to happen. All of you are going to act like you've always done before, like you know everything. And you're going to go, ah, that was the tease. And then you'll hear the fucking show and you'll have to admit again that you're dumb as shit. Jimmy J.J. Walker. Jimmy J.J. Walker is going to come in here and talk about how he fucking missed the Janet Jackson train. No, he's not. You know who's coming in here, Dave Diablo Palais? Are you breaking it right now? In January, I'll tell you right now. Okay. The person who's coming in here and is going to hang out in this garage is our friend Laura Kane. That's awesome. Really? That's now, cool. Now, I know. Uh, oh, what? What? That's it? Now, hang on. No, actually, I'm really, really interested. This is why Laura Kane's going to be great on this show. She was part of the team that got the highest of the high with Jeff and Jer. That show is so big, they actually are in the Radio Hall of Fame. Yes. I don't know any other shows from our group, our peer group, that were part of that that have made it to the Radio Hall of Fame. There are a bunch of things to talk to Laura Kane about. Number one, that was a number one show when she got brought in. The pressure that she faced coming in and being part of that show and keeping it going. Number two, being part of that with the fame that those guys got locally, they were huge. How did she handle it? Laura went through a divorce. She became a, a single mom. The challenges of doing radio with two young kids when jobs changed. And here's the other thing that she's going to talk about. She's now, uh, I believe it's 11 years sober. Amazing. And I'm incredibly proud of that for her. Yeah. Because she called our old free FM show. Dave and I worked with her at KFMB. We've always liked her. She is just good people. When she called our show at free FM, and we'll talk about this, she you could tell that something was different. I'll just say that. There that, was something different. That in, she liked us? <laughs> no, she always liked us. Okay. But you could tell that it wasn't Laura. Yeah. I don't know whatever was altering her world, but she's been clean for 11 years. And she'll explain it. And I also want to hear from her about what happened when Jerry left that show. And now Jeff leaves, and Jeff has now moved to Sacramento. And when you look at it and you go, man, I'm at a certain age. I can't retire, but what do I do? And I love it because I said to her, when I drive home at night, Laura's doing traffic on Kogo. How none of these fucking morning shows have looked at and said, man, she's really talented and really likable, and she brings name recognition to our show. When so many of these um, shows, especially in that iHeart building, right? Eddie's yeah. show, Rickard's show, they all changed female voices why the fuck you wouldn't call her is insane to me she's a hall of famer 
Yeah, because you're too goddamn dumb, and you look at it and you go, oh, she's only associated with Jeff and Jer. Oh, my God. So I reached out to her. I said, look, I'm fascinated by your story, how you went from being just an average chick in San Diego. Just call her a chick. Yeah. Okay. Average girl in San Diego. Bigger classic. I am. An average woman in San Diego to part of the number one show in this town for a long time. She had to have been with them for 15 years, I would think. Yes. If not more. How you Easily, yeah. Easily. How you and you, I were with her and working at, we were working with her in 98. Right. So yeah, easily. So they'd already, yeah, she'd been at Q with them, Q106. How you dealt with the personal struggles of a divorce and addiction. Yep. You came out on the other side, and now here you are again as a single mom doing traffic, grinding it out, sounding great. I love her, man. To me, she's one of my favorite, and I don't like a lot of people. I know that comes as a big shock. That is a shock. I love people that win. And I said to her the other day, I go, Laura, you're winning, right? I go, at some point, I would hope somebody figures out what you could mean to a show, but I said, you're winning. Dave and I love you to death. We're proud to know you. We're proud to call you a friend. Would you come down, hang out, tell your story? And I would say for the females that are nice enough to listen to this show, uh, I think you will dig it. I think you will dig it. And for the guys that listen to this show, uh, it's a pretty amazing story. That's why I book people. That's cool. Like some of you said, hey, are you going to have an ability for us to call it? No, because nothing about that interests me. (laughs) You could have gone in a different direction and sent some class, but you didn't. You just basically call these people boring. Uh, (laughs) But having Laura in, having Lewin in, um, and others, that's what I want. That's what you want. You want compelling people telling stories where they can come in, where there's no restriction on time. We don't have to shut down for traffic. We don't have to do anything. They can come in and tell a fucking an amazing story. Like Sam Bass did in here, told the story of winning. Josh Lewin, I'll reach out to tonight uh, to find out when he's going to be here in January to That's tell great. his story about how he's winning. But again, before you judge us and you go, ah, oh, Lord, can uh no one's going to do that. People aren't going to want to hear it. They will. Yeah. She, Whether you listen to that show or not, you've heard that show enough to know who Laura is. But like I her said. Sto- her story is better than you think. I'm telling you right now. It's going to be amazing. It. That's why I said, you know the voice. You don't know the story. You're going to do yep. it. One final thing. Uh, Friday night, I had a great time. I hosted Matt Coyle's podcast talking about the book Wrong Light. If you are looking for a book for the mystery people in your life, I know the Barnes and Noble right down here in East Lake has it. Warwick's in La Jolla has it. If not, tell them to get it. The books all take place in San Diego. But Matt has a podcast. We went about 30 minutes. I hosted it Friday night. It was really fun talking about the parallels between mysteries and authors and talk radio because I, I mentioned I kind of consulted on that book. Shit that happened to me in my real life show up in that book. It's kind of fun. Uh, So the podcast is available. You can find it on any of Matt's social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Matt Coyle, C-O-Y-L-E. Like I said, only a 30-minute show. 
January 31st, Matt and I will be at Catapult Books. I want to say fuck you to the UT who promotes the event. Doesn't say shit about me being down there. Oh, hey, thanks. That's why I subscribe to the LA Times, you fucking dicks. We're owned by the same guy. Ah. Probably what they're saying right now. (laughs) They're saying. Yeah. (laughs) But January 31st, uh, we'll be at Catapult Books in South Park. It's going to be a blast. Matt's going to sign books. And again, we're just going to do a discussion, uh, conversation. Just Matt and I hanging out. And I started by saying, uh, told the story. If you don't know the story about how Coyle and I became friends, uh, he gets a big kick out of it. And I always tell the truth on it. But I'll tell you, honestly, those books are great. And if you have somebody who loves mysteries, they all take place in San Diego. You know all the landmarks in it. Uh, Warwick's Mysterious Galaxy over off uh, Balboa by the 805. Down here, if you're down by us, uh, the uh, Barnes & Noble at the Eastlake by the AMC. They have Wrong Light. All of it. Really, really fun. Go get it. Support a good local guy, good local author, and then check out the podcast and then come see us January 31st. Perfect. All right. We'll be back tomorrow as well. Look forward to all the, the hate tweets. But you're talking to two-season ticket holders. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> Thank you.